Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now onto the show. You're listening to Women in Leadership Podcast, episode 55. Hi, I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, branded communication strategist, also known as the Podcasting Queen. Welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership Podcast, the podcast that empowers you to reach your full potential. Joining me on today's show is Kristen Givago. She's the president and co-founder of Cloud Potential, a digital marketing company and CloudWise Academy, which teaches in-demand technical and business skill. Prior to co-founding Cloud Potential, she was a revenue coach to CEOs and entrepreneurs, mostly in the tech industry. Kristen is also the author of Roadmap to Revenue, How to Sell the Way Your Customers Want to Buy. She's an expert on the customer's buying experience and speaks worldwide on marketing and management in the midst of the digital revolution. She started her career selling machine shop tools at the age of 17, and she's been involved in technology and business ever since. And on today's show, Kristen's going to share humility and why humility is the first and foremost most important characteristics of an effective leader. Act with your mind, but think with your heart. At the very core of every successful endeavor is the desire to help someone to make life better for others, as well as you can never do enough learning or preparing. So welcome to the show, Kristen. Thank you. It's great to be here. Share a little bit about what humility means for you, and then we can dive in and, and how it really is important when we're thinking about leading our business, leading our team. People appreciate humility, especially in people who are leading a team, because you already are anointed. You've already, you're already in a position of leadership, mm-hmm. so you're up. And they can assume that because you're up, even though nobody's really higher than anyone else, but in a situation in business, you know, you're the boss, they're the employees or whatever, uh, they see you as someone who's up. Mm-hmm. And given that, you can either use or abuse that. It's a privilege. It, it's not something that's just you haven't been anointed. You've actually been you've, you've earned your way to get there. And now you have to prove that you're a good person and that you're somebody they want to follow. And that starts with you being humble about your own accomplishments, about what you know. So you're really always teaching all the time. Uh, at every opportunity, and they can learn things from you. But you also admit when you make a mistake, and you laugh at yourself. And and this can take some time. <laughs> I don't think I was 
really good at laughing at myself, especially in my marriage. I've been married 40 years and, you know, it's a long-term process of getting happier and happier. Mm -hmm. And part of that is just getting over yourself. I mean, you really do have to get over yourself and stop being sensitive and stop worrying about what people are thinking of you and all that. And just start focusing on the task at hand. And when you mess up, okay, you've messed up and you laugh about it and everybody just checks off a little checkbox in their mind. Gee, that was easy. No big deal. Somebody made a mistake. So I think it's recognizing that you're in a position of leadership and then using that position in a way that helps them and helps them be comfortable with you, even as you're teaching them lessons or making things a little uncomfortable on purpose. Yeah. You know, it was interesting that you're, you're saying that because it very much aligned with a conversation we had as a business group. I meet We meet fortnightly and leadership is what we're going to be studying together over the next six months. And humility was actually spoken about at the meeting being an important characteristic because as a leader, we're all about influencing our team, aren't we? Influencing ourselves, mm-hmm. obviously. It starts Mm -hmm. with us first and then our team. And I think there's nothing better than to see a leader who is humble, influencing and getting the best out of their team because that's Mm -hmm. the team leader or the, the leader who we really respect and we want to do good for because of the fact that the environment that we're creating is one that allows our team members to to step forward. What would you say to someone then that can see that, okay, obviously the way that I've approached leadership has not really been one of humility because I've always been told we need to have all the answers and we need to, you know, really have everything in place to the point where team does not feel as if they're, they're valued. What would be a key step that they would need to take to step forward you mean to be humble or yeah to 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 change you know because often being humble we almost think of it as being less than almost how can I Mm -hmm. as the leader I need to know everything and if I approach my team and say to them oh I'm not actually familiar with that does that mean that they're going to look at me less than a leader does that make sense oh no no not at all it's just the opposite Mm. and You know, I have to say, I've been in business for decades now, and um, I really had gotten myself to the point where, as a revenue coach, I felt like I was at the peak of of years of becoming a strategist, understanding how business worked, understanding how customers purchase. So I wrote a book on it, Um, you know, the whole buying process. And that's where humility also comes in, because honestly, even before the internet, your customers knew more about their buying process and what they wanted than you ever could. Mm. Because when we're sellers, we don't think like buyers. When we're buyers, we know perfectly well what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) But the minute you put on your seller hat, you forget all of that. And you're suddenly desperate for sales and it just becomes a completely different thing. Well, of course, now, with the internet and especially now with mobile where the world is in the palm of your hand and more than 50% of the searches and, and the purchases are now done online. It's a whole new game. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even being at the bleeding edge of tech for years and years, I have to tell you, I've probably learned more uh, about marketing, selling customer behavior, what Google wants because Google's become the big gatekeeper Uh, between you and your customers. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, In the last two years, I've learned more than I did in the previous 10. 
And wow. I'm a rabid learner, which we'll talk about in a minute. But golly, you you just you you can't know it all anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, Google changes its algorithm twice a day. Uh, there's 200 criteria that Google uses to to decide where to rank you. And so if anybody says they're an expert in search engine optimization, well, they might have been 15 minutes ago, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah, ask me <laughs> again in two changes. minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's changing yeah. that fast. So I think we all have to just get over being know-it-alls mm-hmm. and trying to be know-it-alls because anyone can know things now. You yeah. can go to Google, you can Google anything and know something in two seconds. Mm-hmm. But it's the wisdom, it's the experience, it's the humility, it's it's just dealing with what's in front of you and getting it done and getting it done right and moving quickly. Those are all much more important now than what you quote unquote know. Yeah. And the millennials that you hire, they know that. Yeah. I think so it's best. Impressed. Yeah, isn't it best? I think a great situation is to have other people who really are knowledgeable and, and have a lot of wisdom in their areas and allow them to be the best that they can be, but create an environment in which everyone can work together to achieve whatever outcome or vision and mission that the, the organization has. So absolutely, as leaders, we don't need to know it all. We don't have to put our, uh, the pressure and the weight of that on our shoulders, but it is creating an environment in which uh, yeah, your team can approach you if need be, but that can also step forward and, and share their wisdom. Let's talk about acting with your mind, but thinking with your heart. What do you mean when you say that? Well, it's especially in true in marketing. Um, marketing has become so technical and so automated. I mean, I was actually helping one of the first companies introduced voicemail into the world years ago and won awards for the campaigns we did and everything. And I have regretted it ever since because, (laughs) (laughs) you know, when you get on the phone and they say, press one for this and Mm -hmm. 20 for that and 54 for this. I I mean, you just, after a while, you're like, why can't just some nice Mm -hmm. woman, preferably or man, it doesn't matter, answer the phone and put me in touch with the right person or answer my question. Yeah. We've lost a lot of that. Um, sort of, I talked to somebody the other day and he was saying that we're treating people like objects instead of human beings. Mm. So you really do have to start thinking, uh, with your heart and, and empathizing. And I know people have been saying that for years, but very few people actually do it. They don't Mm -hmm. actually put it into practice. Um, and this comes into play by the way, in, in selling too, where, uh, people don't really want to be sold to and uh, they just they're tired of it they get pitches all day long they're they're tired of commercials they're tired of you know that whole commercial message thing it's just been done to death yeah what they want is to find something and then have it be easy to buy yeah and and that means knowing the process they're going through the questions they're asking why they came to you in the first place and listening and paying attention and then just helping them whether you're the solution or not you just help them and that's really what's happening now with the people who are successful in this environment because help is the thing you need and if somebody's trying to help you you're going to try to give them your business Mm -hmm. even if it's not perfect you might say well that's good but i need this can you help me with that i'd really like to buy from you 
So you have to think with your heart and, and just keep your heart open and realize, just be vulnerable to new information, which comes back to humility again. You know, the customer knows more than you do now. Just get over it. It's just the truth. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way to get around it. And then acting with your mind is like once you've decided, all right, this is what they need, now I just move forward. I grew up in an environment where I had a, a stepfather who was a psychologist, so I learned a lot about psychology. And over the years, I've come to think that we just got a little bit too wrapped up in our own feelings and emotions, and they're actually getting in our way mm-hmm. now. Uh, it's just too much emphasis on it. And the more, and I'm not saying you become a robot. I'm saying that when you're doing something, you're focusing on what you're doing. And I say to myself, what's the goal? Even if it's just watching the dishes. And what that does is it stops you from thinking about all those other things that you're thinking about, what you did that day or Mm -hmm. what you could have done better. Or we get so distracted by our own thoughts that we don't focus on what we're doing at that moment. Mm. And it's so powerful when you do that, when you just focus your mind and say, okay, what am I supposed to do in the next five minutes? Okay, get that done. Next. Mm. <laughs> and you're so much more productive. Mm. I think also too with with so much more um, technology, and we, we'll certainly dive in into that a little bit more in a moment, but just with all of the pressure and, you know, we've got so many more things that should make our life far easier, the automated things, you know, the equipment that we've used and all that kind of thing. But really, because we seem to be taking on so much more on our plates, we are causing ourselves that overwhelm, the inability to focus on, on you know, set tasks and those kind of things. So in actual fact, the environments are not always the best productivity-wise and, and how we, we show up. Speak a little bit more about the never doing enough learning or you can never do enough learning or preparing. That is so important as a leader for sure. Mm-hmm. But from a mm-hmm. business point of view or even for organizations who've got executives who are listening to this, in this day and age, we never can sit, sit back and say, well, there you go, I've done all of the learning, I don't need to learn anymore. In this day and age, we really cannot say that because it's just not true is it no and i think the thing that's hard for people to realize now is the environment in which they are operating years ago or as i I should say during all the years i was a revenue coach one of the things i would do is interview their current customers my clients current customers Mm -hmm. and i did that because when you're being sold to you never tell the salesperson what you're really thinking So they thought they were getting market research out of their salespeople, but in fact, they weren't getting the whole story. If you talk to customers after they buy from you, they'll actually give you plenty of time. They are happy to tell you what they were thinking because they're no longer in that poker game of, Mm. you know, making a sale or negotiating. And they will, they will tell you it, this was really good, but that was really bad. And I almost didn't buy because of that or whatever. Um, So what I did is I would go into the company and they would say, here are the things that we think are important to our customers. And it was a list of like 10 items. And then I'd go out and I interview their customers and I'd find out that their list was completely different every single time. Mm -hmm. And so here they were running all their marketing and sales based on this list and their customers were over there somewhere, miles away. 
uh, and still trying to get answers to their questions. And that's what made me title and title the book, you know, how to make it easy for your customers to buy, because most people were making it difficult. And again, when you put on your seller hat, you realize that's the truth, mm -hmm. you know, how hard it is to get the answer to a simple question. Wow. Uh, and oftentimes you get the answer in another customer's comments. Like you go to Amazon, you read the reviews or the or the answers to the questions section that they started. Mm -hmm. And it's shocking how often you find answers in there that the manufacturer really should have put in the manufacturing or the manufacturer's data. Like this thing is, you know, seven inches high and 12 inches deep. You know, they, they don't, they just leave that stuff out and you have to dig for it. So that was one environment. I always tried to get my clients into the minds of their mm. customers and then everything they did was more successful. And that was a principle that worked. Now I'm, I'm, I've co-founded and, and president of a couple of companies and I'm working with a partner who's brilliant at this. And we've just had a real wonderful meeting of the minds. And we've come up with a whole nother set of operating principles that work for the digital environment that we're in right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of them is that you have to meet Google's expectations. You have to meet your customers' expectations. And you have to meet your revenue expectations. Seems obvious, mm -hmm. but you really do have to do that in order to succeed. This new environment is moving so fast. And it's not just your customers who are moving, they have amazing tools at their disposal in the palm of their hand. They can find anything in the world anytime. Yeah. It's just amazing. So they have total control over the buying process. So that's a reality you have to face. Then your competition is now able with tools like SpyFu and Google Analytics and things like that. You can dissect the digital activities that your competitor is carrying out and you can see exactly how much they're spending on their ads, when they ran them, what the ads say, which ones were on top. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just gotten phenomenal. So your competition can look at what you're doing. You can look at what they're doing. That's another reality of this new operating environment. And then the whole Internet, how quickly it's changing, the tools that are coming out, it's all moving at Internet speed now. And you can't just kind of coast no. <laughs> you coast you're toast yeah it just doesn't work yeah it's it didn't work before but it really it, it doesn't, doesn't work, work now when you look at uh, what businesses are doing and you mentioned three different areas there google the customer and obviously revenue um, outcomes that we're looking for do you find that businesses tend to lack if for want of a, a better word in one or more of those areas or typically you find that they're really not implementing the right strategies the right tactics so to speak across all three of those different areas what, what have you found well, we actually now, in, in the same way that I used to do those customer interviews, we also do what we call digital appraisals for people. And yeah. we will now use about 30 different tools and look at where they are compared mm. to their competition, how well they're doing uh, in their market, what their customers are thinking of them. And we actually evaluated 30 plus industries and discovered that the leaders in those industries were focusing on six areas and that was the customer search engine optimization of course pay-per-click which actually does work if you do it right conversion 
So once you get them there, you better be able to help them uh, buy from you. And then the competition, they were aware of what the competition was doing and the technology that they needed to keep up to date, like your site has to be mobile ready and all of that. We now have this wheel where those six things are around the outside and in the middle is your site. And the big mistake we see everybody making over and over again is they go, we need a new website. We need a new website. We have mm. to get the site updated. <laughs> and so they run around and do that, but they don't pay any attention to those six other areas that the market leaders are focusing on and optimizing and continually improving. Mm. And they lose the war. You know, they, they go after, and this is another principle is that the, Tactics are what's killing marketing right now. Everybody's trying to do the latest, greatest mm -hmm. thing, you know, and if, if you do this, if you make the button orange, it's going to raise your conversion rate by 2%. Yeah. But they're missing the principles. And principles are what win wars. People get up and fight for a cause if it's a good, solid thing. You know, it's the principle of the thing that wins the war. These tactics are just little battles here and there, but you can totally lose the war. Your competition can take off without you. Yeah. And it's because they're focusing on those six areas. So that's a big mistake that we see people mm. doing right now. And I'd imagine also too, Kristen, that each of those six key areas, um, they have to have a strategy around and they have to align or be integrated because you can't put all of your focus say on ppc or seo or something you need right. to focus on that because that's right you could be driving so much traffic to the site yet if you're not converting it doesn't mm -hmm. really matter you're still not going to show re revenue results so you you spoke about some pr principles the principles have to be key are you able to, to share what some of those key principles are Yes, um, one of them I've already shared with you that, that wars are won with principles, not tactics. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, and you won't be surprised about this, principle number two is that everything starts with the customer. Mm. I mean, if you can't, if, if the customer's not happy, you won't be happy. It's just that simple. Yeah. And then the third, fourth one is the, or the third one, sorry, is that the internet has become a massive conversion platform. In other words, it's the place people go to buy and sell and the customer doesn't really care what site they're in. You know, the old days of branding and that those days are just so over. Mm -hmm. um, they don't really care. As long as your site's somewhat decent and doesn't look like it was designed in 1994, yeah. uh, you know, they're, they're going to be okay. And, and to, with today's templates and all that, people can pretty much make a decent looking site. Um, so as long as you're somewhat in there, if you're answering their questions and making it easy for them, they'll stick with you. Mm -hmm. And so this whole internet has become this enormous uh, environment. Um, so it, they're just jumping around in it. There's no funnel anymore. It's, it's sort of like gnats, you know, just flying around, dipping in, dipping out. And the only way you can defend yourself against that, so to speak, or become successful there is by mapping out the customer's decision-making process. And all you really need to understand is, okay, they've just made that decision. Now what's the next decision they have to make and how can I help them do it? Mm. And you can actually map that out. In my book, I talk about that quite a bit. Another one is, is what I talked about, about meeting Google customer and revenue expectations. Another principle is if you move fast, you actually take less risk moving fast and getting things done than you do trying to get it all perfect and then mm -hmm. put it out there. 
you can make a website. You can take six months to make a website and put it out, and then you'll learn all the things you should have done <laughs> yes. better because you get feedback from your customers and so on. It's way better to create a site, put it up, invite a small number of traffic or a percentage of traffic, and then start learning and optimizing. And by the end of those six months, you'll have a site that actually works. Mm -hmm rather than one that you lined up. So this whole idea that we know what's right for our customers, that's yeah. where humility comes in. That's mm. where the, the learning comes in. It's You just have to give all that up. So yeah. I just want to mention one other um, principle, which is uh, because we are talking about leadership. Yes. And that is that we, we have a method for managing, which we call OIMAP, not the greatest acronym in the world, but it's interesting. It's ownership insights, methodology, actions, and performance. And it starts with ownership. And this is another problem with the world of psychology and so on. It doesn't actually belong in business because victimhood and ownership are planets apart. Yeah. <laughs> you can't be a victim and own your life and make changes and do all the things that all of us business leaders have to do if you don't take ownership. You have to take ownership. So that's the first step. And then getting the insights you need, setting up the right methodology, and then taking action and then checking your performance and seeing how you do and adjusting. Fantastic. And one of the reasons why I think this is so important as leaders, particularly if we're leaders in our business, it's important to be aware of this because, as you said, we can be so tied to wanting to have the right color, the right design on our <laughs> website. And it's yeah. like you have to stop being so tied to that you have to change it because it's just not working and we need to be quick to change otherwise as you said there is so much noise there's so much clutter out there uh, you know and so much opportunity for our customers they're overwhelmed almost with all of the different uh, decisions that they have to make with products and services and so forth because yeah these tools are fantastic however it's made the marketplace very small particularly if it's services that can be delivered virtually you know, the whole world um, can be uh, the platform in which a, a you know potential customer can purchase from, which is exciting from a purchaser's point of view. Um, but it's it's so very important, isn't it? All those key areas. Now, just wondering, are all of those things mentioned in your book, The Roadmap to Revenue? Because we'll certainly put a link to your book on the the show notes so people can get hold of it. But is it available on Amazon? Yes, yeah. um, that's really where I sell it. Um, I actually wrote the book in 2011, and I knew, having been in the tech industry for decades, that um, I had to write it so that even five or ten years later, people would still be getting out of it what I needed them to get out of it. Mm -hmm. And I just, uh, somebody read it recently who I really respect. She's a great marketing mind, and she said, um, most business books, she reads them and goes, yeah, 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 I know that already. <laughs> and this one, she said, wait a minute, there's new stuff here. She's now I'm addicted. I can't stop. I can't put it down. So it's still relevant. Forbes, I think it was in 2015 where they picked it as one of the top six marketing books. Great. Um, so it's still relevant. Now, what it does is it looks at the customer's buying process and it does it for different types of products. So I identified... Um, there are four different types of products and services in the world based on the amount of scrutiny that the customer applies to the purchase. Mm -hmm. And when you think of it that way, and you know the four categories, there's light, medium, heavy, and intense, 
and it goes all the way from bubble gum, which is light, mm. to clothing, which is medium, to houses and cars, which is heavy. You know, you sign a contract, there's a salesperson, a lot of money, more people involved in the sale and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. to intense, which is all of the above, and you get married. Yeah. You know, it's a mm-hmm. big, long... And once you know those four categories, you know where you are, and you can start to realize that this is about how the customer buys with light scrutiny. They see it. They buy it. That's it. You don't Mm -hmm. have to answer a lot of questions, but you have to sell a lot of them because they're cheap usually. And, you know, it's a whole different way of looking at what you're selling through the customer's buying experience. So that's all in the book. And I also explain how to interview your customers, which even with all the tools available to us now, we still need to do that. So you're writing to a human being mm-hmm. who you've talked to. I think that's such a, a great reminder for all of us. Yes, we've got some incredible tools, digital tools available mm-hmm. at our fingertips, but we need to be mindful. And I think you, you've mentioned this within um, the, you know, the, the insights you've shared. We don't want to take the human factor out of it because relationships are so very important, if not more so now. I think you know the younger generation who are now becoming the purchasers, the, the mm-hmm. young millennials, they are all about uh, purpose and they all have a cause and, and, and it is around you know, the heart. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of them now are purchasing because of that, or making you know decisions not to because of that. So I think the human mm-hmm. factor. In fact, I read somewhere someone said I don't know who it was, so I can't quote, but it said it's no longer B to B or B to C. It's H to H, human to human. That's really that, <laughs> that that connection. And but I tell you what, if people can really integrate that into their businesses, it will be a fresh air for people. I I almost had to chuckle when you said you know when you when you ring a phone number and you've got to go through all these prompt for voicemails. I can imagine someone ringing, hello, can I help you? You know, say the business name. The other person on the end would, oh, I, oh this is actually a human being. <laughs> and when I started getting better known for my books and articles and speeches and stuff, I, I always have answered my phone. Yeah. And, I, you know, my cell phone is my business and personal. That's just the way I work. Yeah. And people go, oh. That's is, right. Is, is, I was waiting for a beep. <laughs> Yeah, and I was just like, well, of course it is. I mean, what else are you going to do? You want to be yeah. accessible. So, yeah, it's gotten way too – and I think voicemail turned into a convenience for the companies. Like, we want to put you in a category, Yeah. Be, you know, before – and I, I went to a website um, – I won't. this won't be a long story, but I went to Verizon once um, uh, to do something, and they had set it up, the website, so that you could only get in through one of three doors. Mm-hmm. And it was business, home, and then wireless. Now, what if you're doing business in your home and you have a wireless account? <laughs> you're all three. Can you pr- okay. press all three at the same time? Yeah. Yeah. You, you could literally not get into the site oh. until you'd self-identified. And it's like, excuse me, yeah. but that's for you. That's mm. for your business. That's not for me. Yeah. They should have had another one. All the others. <laughs> All, yeah, all of the above. That's oh, right. Look, such great, great lessons. And uh, before the uh, sh- sh- we press record, of course, Kristen, we're saying I must get you back on uh, one of our sister shows, The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, and we can dive really deeper into a lot of the technical stuff because everybody from corporate 
right down to solopreneur is struggling with this. It really is, um, you know, things that we need to, to be aware of and start to implement because otherwise we will just be left behind. But for those yep. people who would like to know more, obviously say the name of your book again. It is available on Amazon and then also share how people can get in contact with you. Sure. The book is Roadmap to Revenue. And I think if you just type that in, it comes up on top on Amazon, mm -hmm. but it's Roadmap to Revenue, How to Sell the Way Your Customers Want to Buy. And then they can reach me uh, through Twitter. I have a Twitter account, of course. It's at Kristen Zhivago. Um, and um, we also, just to make it easy because my name's a little hard to spell, they can also come to Cloud Potential, which is our company, and, um, you know, just see things about what we're doing there and we have a school called cloudwise academy fantastic so cloud potential or at kristen Zhivago. great and of course we will put all of those details on our show notes annemariecross.com forward slash podcast 55 so kristen if there would be one last piece of advice or insight that you would want to share with everyone what would that be don't be afraid of being embarrassed <laughs> <laughs> this is Everybody's learning. Everybody's trying to get caught up. I mean, even the best of the best can get behind in one day. Mm. So we're just all in this together. We're all trying to help the customer. And if we do that, we're going to be all right. Fantastic. Look, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Are you a specialist who supports small business and you want to increase your visibility, reach and influence with your own podcast channel, but you don't want to handle the back-end management and ongoing promotion of your show? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Podcast Network is on the lookout for a select group of specialists who are ready to become an influencing voice in their industry. So if you're an aspiring podcast host or if you have an existing business-focused podcast and you're looking for ways to increase your exposure, reach and results by leveraging our podcast network platform, let's talk. To find out more, go to www.ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash podcast host. That's www.ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash podcast host. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Well, that brings us to the end of another show. I do hope that you'll join me again next week. I know that you took lots of notes and uh, certainly will benefit from all of the wisdom and insights that uh, was shared today. Thanks so much, Kristen. By the way, for those of you who have subscribed to our iTunes channel, thank you so much. That means you're going to be the very first person to find out when we have published a new show each and every week. If you haven't already subscribed, you don't want to miss out. You don't have to. All you need to do is go to annemariecross.com forward slash podcast iTunes, annemariecross.com forward slash podcast iTunes. See you next week. Have a fantastic week. See you later, Kristen. Thanks. Bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.